is episode 136 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And we are going to continue our discussion on relationships or Hebraic relationships in part two of this series. And in this particular podcast, we're going to continue to focus on more mitzvot than anything else. So stick with us. Hebrews in Exile, you know what we do. Let's go! Of the harvest, you're of my life, you're of creation, you make everything right. Can be more This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton, and this is Hebrews in Exile. In our last podcast, that is in the audio portion of yes. our podcast. Huh? We begin talking about Hebraic relationships. Mm -hmm. And we started talking about this whole dynamic of how do Hebrew people um, enter into relationships and the construct of marriage. Yes. the pro Yeah, that whole entire process of and yeah, courting and we talked about marriage. What what constitutes a marriage in these different states of this exiled nation that we're in, and we come to realize that every state has its own laws True. that define what marriage is and what marriage is not. Yep. And when I look up this whole idea of what constitutes marriage in the United States, there are two principal ideas, but the two principal ideas are not the same state by state. That means uh, identifying common law marriage and uh, that of obtaining a marriage license. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, understanding that prior to, uh, what is it, uh, 19, 1913, mm -hmm. where the federal government instituted the, um, the Revenue Act, mm -hmm. um, and in that particular uh, act brought about this whole idea of a legalized marriage, but the legalized marriage that the act of 1913 was really not about so much marriage as it was uh, the tax base. Or yeah. It was um, totally based on uh, filing, how you were filing, and then what the deductions were going to be uh, based on your filing uh, right. designation, uh, which is what that was really germane to. Because if you read if you read the um, federal government's um, uh, Revenue Act of 1913, um, it really doesn't say anything at all about the construct of marriage. True. It talks about tax law. True, very true. I, I, I concur. I didn't read anything in there that defined anything about marriage other than tax. So if we go back 
before that, we have uh, this idea that um, marriage license um, is something that when we look at it Hebraically, mm -hmm. we ask ourselves a question whether or not Hebrews uh, should engage in legalized marriage. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> we, we're going to, we, I mean, and, and, and we looked at that and if you live in California, um, you know, from what you have told me about California law, California does not honor um, a um, yeah, common law, a common law marriage. So you have to have a legal document in California for what purpose? Yeah. Um, some people would say, you know, if you decide not to in the state of California to get married legally, that you can go ahead and legally add individuals to policies, um, uh, health insurance, uh, life policies. You can enter into different things legally, but um, with the advent of actually acquiring that document, you don't necessarily n need it per se. Um, um, I'm, and again, I, I mean, I live here in California. There was only maybe one time that I may have had to prove uh, have that license mm -hmm. in order to, and I'm trying to remember what it was for. If my wife was here, she would be able to tell you, tell us, but um, uh, it really rarely comes up that you need to show it, prove it, or do anything else with it other than um, the only time that that comes up is my marriage comes up is when I actually file my taxes, uh, which I'm getting ready to do here in the next 30 days. Uh, but when you go to states like Texas where uh, common law is in effect, you mm -hmm. need to be very cognizant of that. You just can't simply just willy-nilly and say, okay, well, I'm not doing it. I'm going to go act like I'm still in California because Texas will honor the fact that, number one, if you're saying, again, that three criteria, um, if you're saying that you are betrothed or married to somebody, that's you got to have three forms of it. That's one of them. Number two, um, the fact of the matter is, is that... Um, whether or not you're, uh, again, you're parading around, saying it. Two, you've lived together. You have residence together for X amount of years. I don't know how many years that is. I think is. it's seven. Seven or seven to 10 years or whatever I've always that heard is. seven. Yeah. And um, um, matter of fact, I think those are the main criteria that yeah. you need to have in order uh, that Texas honors. And they said that you're married. Now, in our last podcast, you um, talked about um, understanding the dynamics of what a marriage is, what the construct or the le or the legalities of understanding what going into a marriage was. Yeah, you know, you know, would you, would you want to reiterate that? Yeah. Um, oftentimes, um, I might be asked, you know. I'm planning on getting married or I'm trying to be, be betrothed to someone here. And my answer is a standard answer from, you know, reading text and whatnot. And I'm saying, listen, if you want to engage in a legalized marriage anywhere in a westernized country, you need to sit down with your betrothed and you need to go over the legal ramifications of what that is. It's fine and good that you're both in love with each other. 
granted, that's great. That's fine. But when you present that to the state and saying, okay, I want the state to have dominion over this marriage to say that in the event that something happens where we can't, this is a contract that we're going to enter in between these two parties. And this will allow us certain benefits in doing such. And my thing is going in front of legal or some type of litigious group, understanding what the constitution of marriage is in the United States and primarily what the constitution or at least uh, what the instantiation of marriage is in that particular state. Get an understanding legally, because when you go to the state, they don't care if you're in love. Matter of fact, they don't care why you're getting a divorce. They're going to take your money anyway. Right. But the issue is, is that do you have the understanding to say that if something happens and we cannot stay together for whatever reason, there is not going to be any surprises as to what the legality is. What is she owed per the state? What can she leave with? What can he leave with? What, right. what is all this about? We do that for everything else but marriage. But marriage, we, right. We will not sit down because it's, 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 it seems like it's detracting away from that issue of love. Right. And I think the love is, okay, if we have decided to, between the two of us, sitting down with the lawyer and saying, okay, this is what the benefit that we have, then you can make, and I think that's what a, a responsible leader does, getting the data, disseminating the data. You're the leader of the group. Now you're disseminating it to your wife. She's hearing it. You both make the decision to say whether or not you want to go through this litigious portion or you want to stay out of it. That's proper planning. That's proper leadership. Just leading by love don't get you nowhere in right. 2024. Right, they don't right, work. Right, right, right. And, you know, one of the things that, um, that we deal with uh, in this westernized world is that, and, and, and let me preface, let me preface something at, at the forefront of what we're talking about. Let's understand that I don't care how two people come together and how they define their relationship as being married. It all goes back to the, the central idea that states whom Yahweh has joined together. Right, agreed. Because a lot of, a lot of unions that we have uh, are not based on anything that the Most High, and as a matter of fact, he has never showed up. Just because you made some vows before a magistrate or a pastor mm -hmm. doesn't mean that the Most High joined that together. That marriage may have been the construct of physicality. Exactly. And now the physicality has gotten old and y'all <laughs> ain't getting along anymore and this and that, and now you wanna, you wanna go your separate ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's okay because when you look at it, you have to define whether or not your joining was was at the behest of the Most High. Great. Now, the biggest question that, that comes to play is how does one know mm. that that's the case? Mm. See, and that's and that's the difficult that's the difficult that's the 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 difficult aspect of understanding when we're getting married and when we're joining ourselves together with someone. Now, the idea. The idea, uh, the idea falls within a context of being joined with someone 
who is compatible within the framework of your belief system, mm -hmm. one, uh, has the same goals and and ideas that you have, sure. um, is concerned about your uh, your well-being mm -hmm. in not just short term but long term. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I don't. I I don't. I I don't want to use the. I don't want to use their text. <sighs> I don't want to, but it makes sense mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. being unequally yoked. But sure. the whole the whole construct of text that deals with unequally yoked has nothing to do with marriage. Well, yeah, agreed. Has nothing to do with marriage. Totally agree. It has to do with uh, contractually working together with, with, with somebody that's mm -hmm. not equally yoked with you, a partner that's not uh, equally yoked, a business that's not, or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's what the mitzvot has to do with. It has nothing to do with marriage. Right, agreed. And, and within the Christian world, they use that text for marriage. Okay? Yeah. Now, yeah. now uh, when we as Hebrews uh, enter into a relationship with somebody um, and it is our intent uh, to uh, betroth them, mm -hmm. As you know, you were you were you were talking um, this weekend, this this past Shabbat about uh, Joseph and and Mary in yeah. in, in in that text, mm -hmm. and it says Joseph was betrothed to her. That's correct. But being betrothed to her, he had never had intercourse with her. That's correct. But he was betrothed to her, and the betrothal in the eyes of Hebrew, constitutes a marriage, even though the intercourse hasn't taken place. Hasn't even taken place. And that's the beauty of part about it, is that the mitzvot will kick in once that betrothal, that, that invitation has been made. You're yeah. already on yeah. the road. Yeah, I mean, You're once, under the auspices yeah, of their once you, once you, Once you announce that you're engaged, yes. the engagement uh, constitutes a betrothal. That's right. And with that being the case, um, you can no longer um, enter, you can no longer uh, function as an individual who is who doesn't have a husband. That's so right. So to speak. That's right. Devarim chapter number 22 is a great chapter to start with if you want to learn about some of those parameters upon which the Most High provides protection not only for the woman, but um, also for egregious style type men who want to bring false accusations against their wives. Yeah. I would think that we would, when we look at the plethora of mitzvot that are out there, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think most of the marriage and betrothal mitzvot are really protectionary laws against, or at least protectionary laws for, in favor of the woman. Yes, and and <laughs> it says, "Hey, guy, this is what you need. What you need to provide. Right. This you can't violate a woman in this re this regard. Right. There's there's this there's and this is what's egregious about this is that there's this idea that okay, the the mitzvot are so oppressive to women because it doesn't line up with 2024 
2023 or 20th century uh, uh, ideology um, ideology that of of westernized assault, uh, culture that women have fought so diligently to come on equal egalitarian footing with men. But I would beg to differ with that. I think the mitzvot provide more protection for the man. I mean, excuse me, more protection for the woman in regards to how the man is supposed to act in respect towards her and honoring her moving forward. And right. it also puts a lot of responsibility on the woman to choose wisely upon who she's planning to devote the rest of her life to or who she's planning to subject and saying, yes, I see all of these things that um, this man represents and they line up with text in such a way that I can make a clear decision that, yes, you fit that criteria. Right, right, right. So, you know, as we look at this particular subject matter, uh, and one of the reasons why I think it's important for us to discuss it is because moving forward, um, you know, one of the ideas of particularly young people that are coming this way mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, their, their, their thought process of wanting to be married and have families uh, has to be, for them, built upon a, a right premise. Mm -hmm. And with Torah being at the forefront, if you're Torah, if you're Torah compliant people, then you want your marriage to be also within the construct of the of the uh, of the uh, laws and rules that the Most High has set forth. And as we look at this, um, we're not going to find um, we're not going to find in text anything that's specific to the idea of marriage, other than the laws that are that we call the uh, prohibitive laws. Mm. Okay. And for example, if we're reading, if we're reading in Devarim twenty-two, Devarim twenty-two uh, is going to outline all the prohibitive laws that govern the relationship of a man to a woman, mm -hmm. what he does uh, to her in, in relationship to her, whatever, mm -hmm. and what his responsibility is to her mm -hmm. and, you know, where all of that goes. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to tell us. It's not, we don't have, we don't have the instances in uh, our text of a long relationship. Right. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you to marry me and and get I'm not gonna get engaged to you in in twenty twenty three and we're gonna prolong this out to twenty twenty six. Agreed. Agreed. That's not what Hebrews do. That's right. By text. Mm -hmm. I mean we look at we look at the the history of our people, uh, and we and we go back to we go back to um, I think that the first marriage that we find in text, uh, because it doesn't text does not tell us about Noah and his wife being. He just tells us that Noah was married mm -hmm. and had and had uh, children mm -hmm. and a wife, but it doesn't tell us how that came, it just says he was married. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I think the first time in text that we find anybody in the subject of marriage is Father Abraham, mm -hmm. who married Sarah. Mm -hmm. That's the first one. Mm -hmm. And then after, after uh, Abraham and Sarah, then the next time we have the subject matter of marriage is going to be uh, with, uh, with um, Abraham and um, um, uh, Hagar. But Hagar was see, text talks about Hagar being a handmaiden. Mm -hmm. But if we look at what constitutes a marriage by text, mm -hmm. Hagar was really Abraham's wife. Mm. Yeah, because it fits because the whole criteria. construct, the whole construct of Hebraic marriage is based on intercourse. It's based on intercourse. Mm, okay, because <laughs> actually, I. You know, the way that I have constructed it in my mind, the way I'm reading, you know, things like in Devarim 22, is, it's almost a three-part system, which is the invitation. Now, an instance of Hagar, let me, let me outline the criteria. The invitation, I'm asking you to be betrothed. Yeah. There's an acceptance of it. That means that prior to that, you would have had to done your evaluation of the woman and the woman has done the evaluation of the man. Does it mean that she's going to accept it. That just means that, okay, if she does accept it, at least I would think that she's done her due diligence. Two, the families are involved because there are mitzvotes that do talk about that if in the event that um, we do have to, do, uh, I do let her go, give her a get, she has nowhere to go, she goes back, back, to, back to her father. To her father. Right. So the family has to be involved, right. not only in that regard, but there's also some mitzvotes that are instantiated that said the brother has a little bit of a say-so in this too. Even in my particular instance, when my brother and his wife, they don't have children. If my brother dies, then Hebraically, his wife comes to me. Right. So the family has to be involved. And trust me, if I'm like, dude, mm, <laughs> <laughs> <it's your wife." laughs> so the family's going to be involved. That's the second component. And then the third component is the consummation of it. So in the event of Hagar, if she didn't have, you know, uh, right. by she, way of the family, she right. didn't have that. Right. And she's under the auspices of, you know, they did she consummate. Was, she was Sarah's handmaiden. She was Sarah's handmaiden. So Sarah would have been actually probably presiding over her right. at that particular time. And I'm pretty sure that the invitation was, was made because when he said, hey, listen, I'm giving you well, and, and here's a, Hagar. Now, 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 and remember something, as we talk about Hagar... When Abraham sent her and Ishmael away, she went back to her father. She went back to her father. Yeah. He, he didn't send her back to her father. She went back to her father. Right. So by way of the mitzvah, can we emphatically say that eloping is a forbidden thing? That you can't run off and just get married and not have... I mean these other things involved. No, 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 no. I mean the 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 ideal. The ideal. The ideal um, formula, okay. if we say, would be that the families have to be involved in this in in this process. Absolutely. And, and in America, I mean, we we hear it in the storylines all the time. Well, mm -hmm. you know, I, I I took you to meet my family. Exactly. You know, and my 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 parents, you know, they 
gave consent and you took me to your family and yep. your family gave consent. Yes. You know. Yeah. That's ideal. Mm -hmm. That's not what happens all the time. That's right. That's right. Because people jump up and get married. Bam. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, <clears throat> as we look at this and continue to talk about what we're talking about, we look, we look further down the line and we find that there is a, in, he, in the Hebrew culture, there is this parental, parental involvement, mm. case in point, where uh, Abraham told Elzar, I need you to go yeah. to layman's yep. and find and find a wife for my son. Mm -hmm. So, while, while that's the case, um, Elzar does that, and he finds Rebecca, mm -hmm. and he brings Rebecca back to Isaac. Isaac sees her, and then the text does not, does not talk about any courtship at all. There's no courting going on. That's right. You know? That's right. He sees her, and uh, the text says he takes her into his mother's tent, mm -hmm. and she becomes his wife. Well, now, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Well, it's quite obvious what it means. Exactly. Just, you, it, it doesn't have to spell it out, ABC, for you. Right. He took her into his mother's tent. He had intercourse mm -hmm. with her, mm -hmm. and she became his wife. Mm -hmm. Now, on the same, on the same token, <clears throat> which we're going to talk about here in a minute, uh, the idea of what we talk about of uh, it's called uh, endogamy and exogamy being the custom of marrying within one's own group and moving and exogamy marrying uh, outside of one's own clan. We find that uh, that uh, uh, Rebecca was was not a Hebrew. Mm -hmm. It's correct. So Isaac, I I mean uh, Ish, I mean uh, yeah, Isaac married outside of the family group. He didn't marry a Hebrew. That's right. But now the interesting thing, what I want to bring up is what I want to bring up in this is that when he married Rebecca, Rebecca became a Hebrew. True. See? Mm -hmm. And she and she walks and she walks in the Hebraic way of life. And and um Isaac is not having to browbeat her to do this. No, she not at all. She accepts it willingly. Here's another case in point and how, I don't know, I, I got to watch my words on how to say this. Another case in point is Moshe and his wife, right, Zipporah. She's a Cushite woman. She's an Ethiopian. She's not a Hebrew. But again, that woman steps into that role of being Hebrew. She doesn't have to be browbeat. She didn't have to be drugged by her ear. She, and she's provided. She is provided to Moshe by her father. Right, and and you would think, at the end of the day, I mean, this is a woman that's not Hebrew, but she's supporting one of the most influential men, men in history. In history, in, in, in Torah history, right. And not only is she supporting him, but when we look at Zipporah, Zipporah actually understands Torah. Mm -hmm. 
you know, once again, I mean, if you're going to have, if you're going to, if you're going to be in a relationship with a woman, it's, it's, and if you're going to marry into with with this, it is, I I don't want to say it's, it's, it's emphatic, but it's good if the wife understands the dynamics of Torah. Because if she understands the dynamics of Torah, she can also protect her family from the um, from the waywardness of violating Torah. Such was the case with uh, with Mashe and his sons. Mm. Zipporah stepped in because she knew Torah. She saved his life. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she said to him, she said, "Look." I know you're out here taking care of the people, mm-hmm. but you got these boys, mm-hmm. and they haven't been they haven't been circumcised, and the Most High is on the brink of taking you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? And I, you know, I'm paraphrasing the, the text, but she's telling him, um, "Whatever you're doing, you better stop it now, right? And take care of this business because you, <laughs> even though you're Moses and you're leading Israel, the Most High said, um, "No, you." haven't circumcised your sons and I'm getting ready to smoke you. Exactly, exactly. That speaks to the issue of proper leadership in the home because I all as you're speaking, I'm also speaking on another matriarch and patriarch that we have, which is Manasseh and Yehudit. Yehudit was another person that was in text in our external books that was flaw, almost flawless. Flawless. With her understanding of the mitzvah, and I can only attribute to that because of her synergistic um, approach to being with her husband. And obviously, her husband has a lot of, of influence on how that household is run, how um, the mitzvahs are respected by not only his wife, but also by all of the servants that are there. Right. Everybody in his household has an understanding Standing. of this is how this is run. And she kind of takes over this general manager position to say, okay, Granted, he's the authority, but I'm here seeing the day-to-day issues that are going on around here. And I have to have a good understanding of what's going on. She knows where to go to if she needs understanding and clarity. She can go to her husband because she understands that prior to marrying him, he understands the mitzvot. And that says, I can submit to that. Right. I can submit to a man Man who who understands understands the mitzvot. The mitzvot. Because if a man, if 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 the if the husband understands the mitzvot and he walks in them correctly, then his job is to ensure that the family structure, because the woman is the one that's there with the children, mm-hmm. she has to pass that information yes. down to her children because the Most High has said through Mashe that you are to teach your children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the teaching of the children is the responsibility of the woman in the house who has to also understand Torah. Right. So, I mean, you know, we get back to this idea and, I, and, I, and we, we jumped into this and I said earlier, let's keep at the forefront the idea that the Most High says whom he joins together. Right. Agreed. And and we and we and we get back we get back to the idea of saying that all marriages 
are not based on the joining of the Most High. Now, we never clarified how we know that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have to tell you all that uh, I, I, it's, it's, something, it's something that happens and it's something that you, you feel and it's something that you know. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at my own at my own situation. I'm gonna take okay. my own situation for example. All right. Um, I got married at a very young age. I was 19 when I got married, and um, I got married because uh, I had I had caused my girlfriend who I had I had asked to marry me mm -hmm. but she got pregnant mm -hmm. so now we've got we've got this this issue that's in play here where I have a girl who is pregnant and in my mind mm -hmm. in my mind I'm thinking not knowing anything at that at 19 I have no idea what Torah teaches mm -hmm. I ain't got a clue well, hold on, hold on. It was an easy out for you at that particular time. How come you just didn't use a text and tell her you got she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Ooh, that's funny. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break your blow up like no, 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 no. I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm good. And so at 19, we got married. Uh, and from that particular point on, we went through a a whole lot of um, we went through a whole lot of turmoil and a whole lot of distress to the point that, you know, at one point in our marriage, we were trying to get a divorce. Mm. But uh, the Most High wouldn't let it happen. Mm -hmm. he, he, he wouldn't let it happen. Mm -hmm. And out of, our, out of our reconciling with each other mm -hmm. and... Um, and 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 carrying on our life together, it's obvious to me that the Most High joined us together because out of our reconciliation, mm -hmm. First Tabernacle Fellowship was born, mm -hmm. and First Tabernacle Fellowship would not be what it is and would not be in existence today had that union between her and I not continued to exist. Really? So I know, I know that in spite of the upheavals that happened, uh -huh. it was the Most High that joined us together for the for the purpose of His divine of His divine joining of what He saw in the future. Mm. So what I'm saying is this: I'm saying that in the midst of in the midst of whatever wrangling goes on within a marriage. If the Most High has joined it together, there's no way it's going to fall apart. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, and I'm you, moving. and then there's somewhere in that, there's somewhere in there where you feel, where you feel the the presence and the and the the ceiling of that marriage mm -hmm. that makes it that makes it what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, so. So you know that's 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 the idea I want I want to share with you. So you know you, you look at a lot of us we look at our marriages and we and we and we say well you know 
did I do this on the basis of a physical thing or did I do this on the basis of the fact that that love mm -hmm. is the predominant is the predominant uh thing that we have with between each other but it has to go beyond the idea of love to the point where we are in love with each other yeah because if we're in love with each other now we're in this we're in this place where the we're in the same uh, lane that the most high is with israel mm -hmm. because the most high the most high doesn't just love Israel. Mm -hmm. The Most High is in love with Israel. Absolutely. How do I know that? Mm -hmm. Because the Most High uh, loves Israel to a fault. Yeah. To a fault. Yes. <laughs> to a fault. To a fault that even he says in the prophet Isaiah, you listen, I will give nations for you. Mm -hmm. That's how much I care about you. Mm -hmm. I will destroy nations just for you, mm -hmm. Israel. Mm -hmm. See, that's how he feels about, about, about his wife. So when we as a man or we as women uh, are in this, in this stage of formulating relations with somebody that we want to get married to, it's not just enough that I love you because once again, we can get into the idea, you know, you can love a cat, you can love a dog, you know, mm -hmm. you can love anything you want to love. But right. the question is, are you in love? Because if you're in love, mm -hmm. then that's what's going to solidify the multitude of things that are going to come against that marriage to try to tear it down. Here's another aspect that um, makes marriages very serious for me. It's not only having the ability to be in love with someone, but when we invoke the most high, because you said a buzzword that was in there that says that when we say vows to each other, right now what I'm doing between the two of us is saying between me and my wife or my betrothed, when we go ahead and take these vows, now we understand the, the, the importance of what the mitzvot of vows mean. We're locking ourselves to each other in that particular regard because there's a mitzvot that says when you break a vow, how, what happens? You can't. You can't. You cannot break a vow if you are Hebrew. So if I'm vowing to you to say, I'm going to be your husband from now until the end of time, until death do us part, that's a vow you cannot break. Because in, in Hebrew, you're not allowed to get out of a vow. Right. That's why, let me give you a prime example. When Moshe went up on that hill and he said, you know what? Uh, and the most I talked to him, he says, I'm getting rid of these folk. I can't stand them. They need to go. And Moshe, it wasn't that, Moshe was reminding the Most High. The Most High was bringing out of Moshe. And for us, this issue of saying, hey, listen, vows are important. You cannot break your vow. You said that you were going to deliver these people to the land. So think about this for a second. The Most High is bound to his word, which is the mitzvah. So therefore, when we go ahead and we make a vow between two people, you're bound to that. Now you're bringing the mitzvot, you're bringing the most high into this relationship. Well, yeah, but here's, here's the thing. I, I got you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I got you mm -hmm. from a Hebraic perspective. Yes, sir. Now, 
we have to think about this in this Western in this Western oh, culture. Yeah, absolutely. In this Western culture, we go before a magistrate and we go before a pastor or minister mm-hmm. and we make vows. Do you do you vow to do this? Do you vow to do this? Do you vow to do this? But then in the course of life, that all goes out the window. Right. Right. You know, and it goes out the window because number one, you haven't considered what the parameters and the definition of a vow is. And you think that because I'm making a vow between us, mm-hmm. it's not it's not important. But the problem being is that when we bring in our Hebraicness, correct. When we bring the most high L into the into the equation, mm-hmm. now it's different for us. That's correct. Yeah. It's different for us. Yeah. Because now you're gonna have to say, well, that's why I honestly believe that literally the institution of marriage in from a Hebraic standpoint is something that is serious. That is you cannot even evaluate it in the same vein as we do in westernized culture because there's there's too much at stake you're making these decisions and you're instantiating things lifelong contracts and vows with another person and you can't simply willy-nilly just say it's in you know uh, 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 unreconcilable differences right. most high doesn't re- recognize he doesn't that. recognize that to no. say, oh, we just don't get to get along anymore. But let me say well, this. Well, but but now, but now. Well, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I, I gotta amend that. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, yeah, if we go, if we <laughs> go back to text. Yeah, yeah. If we yeah. go back to Devarine, you know, mm. and the man says, well, you know, I I just don't like her anymore. In, in 24, mm-hmm. if we go, if we go to 24, yeah, because I was gonna get ready to go there. Let's because, go to 24 for a minute. Yeah, because he does have the ability to say that. But let's go to Divine Room 24. Um, let's go there. We're going there. Because I and, think we need to talk about that as too, as far as uh, the man, even though he's been given this responsibility, men don't need to be abusing right? this chapter, issue of this authority that they have. don't we? Is it yeah. 24? Yeah, chapter 24. In chapter 24, it says, suppose a man marries a woman and consummates the marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay, consummating the marriage means that he's had uh, intercourse with her, uh, but later finds her displeasing because he has found her offensive in some respect. Okay, doesn't say what it is. Offensive in some respect. respect. Mm-hmm. He writes her a divorce document, gives it to her, and sends her away from his house. She leaves his house, goes, and becomes another man's wife. But the second husband dislikes her and writes her a git gives it to her and sends her away from his house or to, or the second husband to whom she marries dies. Let's just stop there because the rest of us getting into something else. The point being that we're talking about mm-hmm. is, is finding her uh, offensive in some respect. That finding her offensive in some respect has no criteria. <laughs> for which, for which if, we, if we go across the street... Mm-hmm. If we go across the street and we hear uh, <laughs> we hear this man say, 
Well, Marche allowed you to get a divorce for any reason. Mm -hmm. But I say. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's Matthew or somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. 16, 17, yeah, somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah. My homeboy Trey knows what, 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 <laughs> he didn't do the whole dissertation on it. But you know what? I, I would have to say from a Hebraic standpoint, if you're a Hebraic man and you're, you have a Hebraic wife, unless there's something so egregious that she's just doing that's just a violation. Right. I would say that if somebody came to me with that saying, we're planning on, I'm planning on giving this my wife a get, I would really want to understand the criteria behind which you're doing that. Right. And really evaluate that to say, you know what? Because what I want to protect against is so-called Hebrews who want to act like Hebrews, who want to abuse that. Right. To put women in position right. <laughs> that are compromising right. just because they can. Yes, yes. And, and that is the, abuse yeah, of that's, the mitzvah. Uh, that's abuse of the mitzvah. That's not the intent of the mitzvah at all. Yeah. No. I'm thinking if I was going to say, if, I, if that was somebody to come to me, I'd say, you got to prove this to me by, okay, is she in idolatry? Is right. she doing, is she an adulterer? Bring right. me some mitzvah that says that she's doing something so egregious that I have to hand her a gift. <laughs> Otherwise... <laughs> Because, you know, because by Torah law, if a woman is betrothed, mm -hmm. okay, and or married, and she enters into a um, into a um, act of intercourse with an individual to whom she's not betrothed or married to, okay, then text says that the man. And the woman and the woman are to be put to death. Yes. So yep. in our in our Westernized culture, it would be that that would be the criteria for the get. Mm -hmm. Okay, that would be the criteria. So yep. uh, that's 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 kind of where that where that is. Yeah. So now we're talking about these things because we want we want our Hebrew people to understand what. A Hebrew relationship is about. Sure. And one, it's about understanding the father's way of life. Why does everything keep coming back to that? Because it seems so, it, that be, lifestyle, I mean, because, go ahead, please, because, please, please. No, no, it comes back to that mm -hmm. because we're not, we're not talking about a religion. Greed. We're talking about a lifestyle. The Most High has given us rules and instructions mm -hmm. that define the lifestyle of a Hebrew. The nations can do whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to claim that you're Hebrew, mm -hmm. then you're kind of you're kind of bound by the, by the law. Let's let's put it this way. If you're going to claim that you're an American, mm -hmm. then you're bound by the Constitution that America governs itself by. That's right. Period. That's right. Period. I was going. And you can't. Mm -hmm. And you can't invoke. You can't invoke the laws of any other nation into into America. And that, for example, a person moving here from a foreign country can't bring his laws into our country and invoke them as laws to do what he wants to do. He can't do that. Yeah, he can't say, well, back in my country, we used to do this. Well, you're not in you're Kansas not in anymore. Country. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So when we talk about the Most High and we talk about this Hebraic way, uh, you know, uh, 
we're 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 governed by the governance that governs the Hebraic nation. It's absolutely, and that's the beautiful part about it because the 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 Most High puts that those parameters in there on how you're supposed to do that. With the United States, there is uh, there's only laws that govern what that contract, instantiating the contract and breaking the contract. There is nothing in there that says this is defined as what you're supposed to be doing as. That's governed by the court of public opinion on what you do in your marriage relationship. But the Most High gives us definitive ways. Definitive ways. To govern ourselves. So if we're looking at Devarim chapters, starting at chapter 22, we're going to be looking at the construct of the prohibitions Mm-hmm. Uh, of what of what constitutes things that are going on. For example, let's let's just go there for a minute. Oh yeah, I almost think the only thing that's in really in Devarim twenty two that's um, that is restrictive, obviously for the woman, is when we get into the issue of adultery, where um, it talks about issues of of her being compromised by rape. It, it right, talks right. about issues of right. the man bringing false accusations against the woman and saying, "Okay, she's this," and then his punishment for bringing those false accusations against her, bringing her an accusation saying, "You know, um, she was a virgin," and then right, uh, I right. found fault with right, her. Right. It's, there's you're going to find more, like I said earlier, more um, laws that protect women. Right from egregious men than you exactly. will from it being the laws being oppressive exactly case, towards women. Let's, case, let's take a case in point in verse 13 and 27. If a man marries a woman, has sexual relations with her, and then having come to dislike her, he brings false charges against her. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay? Then we have the laws that, 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 that deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then it goes down uh, to talk about... Um, about if a man is found sleeping with a woman who has a husband, both both of them must die. The man who went to bed with the woman and the woman too, in this way will expel wickedness from Israel. If a girl who was a virgin is engaged to a man and another man comes upon her in the town and has sexual relations with her, you are to bring them both out to the gate of the city and stone them to death. The girl, because she did not cry out for help, and there in the city, and the man, because he has humiliated his neighbor's wife. And then it comes up, but if the man comes upon an engaged woman out in the countryside, mm-hmm. and the man grabs her and has sex, that's called rape, rape. Yep. then only the man who has intercourse with her is to die. So in 22, there are all of these substantiated laws that govern and protect the woman and protect the, the, um, the uh, sanctity of marriage. When, when it becomes an egregious act. That's right. But the Most High, remember people, the Most High here is talking to people who are Hebrew. That's correct. He's not talking to the nations. Yeah, he's talking to us. He's talking to Hebrews. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to say, well, well, doesn't that apply to us too? No. <laughs> no. Right. Not unless you're Hebrew. That's correct. As is the case, as we know, we got to... We, you know, we got a whole lot of divorces going on within the Christian church. Exactly. I mean, it happens every day. Exactly. Vows are broken in the Christian church every day. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So obviously, the Most High's laws are not to you. Mm-hmm. They are right. to the Hebrew nation of Israel, which is the reason why we're having this discussion so Hebrew Israel can understand what their responsibility is 
in this, in this, in this, in this, in this. And and, and I gotta, I, I'm I'm sorry. You got your saying, it's a poor dog that don't wag his own tail. Yeah. I got my saying, it's a poor person that don't want to blow their own shofar. And I'm blowing my own shofar. Blow it. The Christian church cannot stand on Devarim chapter number 28 because there's too many violations that they fall underneath because of it. I need go no further than Devarim chapter number 22 and 22, verse 22. You cannot stand on that whole entire piece because your demigod comes into effect because of that. Ooh, and that's, that's the issue that's going on there because Ooh, well, when you go. read let's Met go there Metayahu 22 and what? 22 and 22 it's easy to remember oh yeah if I'm <laughs> 22 and 22 let's read it it says if a man is found sleeping with a woman who has a husband both of them must die a, the man who went to bed with the woman and the woman too this way you will expel wickedness from Israel. So since you're not Israel, number one, we've designated that already because you said you're, you're not, all right? Okay, you're the Gentile group. But the issue is, is your demigod comes in riding on the coattails of that particular issue. Now, what am I talking about? When you go over to Matthew, I'm going to talk right into the camera. When you go over to Matthew chapter number one, how does your Christ come into effect? He comes into effect because of a union between the Ruach HaKodesh, which is the Holy Spirit, and Mary, a woman, okay? Now, it, the text says very eloquently that Yosef, average Joe, Yosef goes ahead and he says, I got a problem with this. Well, first of all, Joseph is betrothed to Mary. He's betrothed so to be, her. So by being betrothed to Mary, He's, by Hebraic law, she, he is actually married to her. Only difference is the marriage has not been consummated by correct. a sexual act. That's correct. Because he's been he's been beat to it. That's right. By the by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Then God got his woman pregnant. <laughs> so his issue is, is that the, the text is very emphatic when it says Yosef was a righteous man. And we define righteousness by a person by saying that they understand Torah. So Yosef knew that. So that's why the text in Metayahu says he was looking to break off the engagement with her to save her from her shame. What is the shame? Devarim chapter number 22, verse 22, because he cannot prove that he impregnated this woman. So he can't go around lying, saying, okay, that's my child. That's not his. Right. The child is between the Ruach HaKodesh and this woman. So he's betrothed to somebody and somebody else then came in and got this woman pregnant. By Torah law, he is, the Ruach HaKodesh is supposed to die and so is she. Ooh, show you right. Now, the other issue that comes out of that Oh gosh, I'm gonna come on, 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 come on. Because I gotta say this because I didn't say come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Because I didn't say it in in my dissertation on Shabbat. Come on. Is that when we get into this a little bit more, we find out that, and this is an offshoot. I'm doing a little rabbit trail. We find out that Mary is not again from the tribe of Yehuda because in Luke it says that her close relative is Elisheva, who is a Levite. So if she's a Levite. She gets impregnated by the, by the Holy Spirit. Now, by way of Hebrews chapter number seven, you are correct if you are claiming that Yeshua is your Kohen Gadol because he can, he's a Levite and he comes from the tribe of Aharon. But what he can't be is your king because 
David's line, which is Joseph, Joseph, is never in him. Never in him. So he can't be your king and he can't be your high priest at the same time. But that is a lack of understanding of what's happening. And we find that right in Metayahu in the front about a relationship that shouldn't be. The Most High is never going to instantiate anything through the violation of his word. Of his word. Never. 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 So what we're what we really get back down to is when we when we have relationships. This is why I, I stopped you and I said, it is amazing to me that everything that we do is instantiated on the mitzvah. You, it, 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 you it has to be. It has to be. It has to be. I can't evaluate the world unless I know the parameters upon which I'm supposed to look at it at. If exactly. I'm just in the world, I'm just willy-nilly and just whatever happens, happens, then I'm subject. Dr. Dre actually said something that I'm a um. I'm going to quote, and I know he got it from somebody else, but he said, if you don't stand for anything, you're going to, if you don't you'll, stand for something, something, you'll fall, you'll fall for, for anything. anything. Right. And that's exactly what's happening to our people. Right. Because right. these people, I want you to understand something. The people that wrote, wrote that text called the New Testament, just like with history, just like with Yiftach and all these other prophets that are there, they went to people that knew their history. And because you Hebrews don't know your history, you let somebody else write it for you. Right. And so when we get over into the New Testament, they can tell you anything, anything. because you don't know you none don't, of the mitzvot. You don't, you, don't you don't know anything about the mitzvot, and you don't want to know. Right. And so when you got over here to the United States, you don't know nothing about your history. So when we sat in them classes, they said, since you don't know jack squat about anything, we will write your history for you. We're going to write your history you. for you. Uh, let me do something here. <laughs> Let me do something here. It's called, it's called, if you won't blow your horn, I'll blow your horn for you. That's called blowing, blowing your own my so far. own horn. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's called blowing my own horn. And that's the thing that we have, and, that, and that's, if anything else, this is what's the most beautiful part of this conversation is just that I can't move. And that's, if I had to give one piece of advice for couples, I would say you need to get your head in these misfolks. Both of you. You need to understand. But here's the problem. Uh, the one thing that I'm having a problem with, even with our people, and, and, and the reason I'm having a problem is because I see it. Mm -hmm. I recognize it. Okay. Even our people don't read. Sure. I agree with you on that one. Our people listen to you and I, and then they quote what we have said, just like the Christian church. church. Yeah, we're not training parrots. Yeah, and, and I'm, trying, I'm trying to get us, and I'm not saying all of them do, mm -hmm. but, you know, a, a certain percentage of them don't read, don't study, don't get an understanding for themselves. Mm -hmm. The one thing I'm going to get back to with, uh, with Zipporah, uh, the one thing I'm going to get back to with Rebecca, the one thing I'm going to get back to with Raquel, and the one thing I'm going to get back to with uh, the wives of the prophets is that these women knew Torah. Yeah. <laughs> they knew Torah. Right. Exactly. They weren't regurgitating what their husband, they knew Torah because they had to teach it to their children.
And all, and in your instance, like you brought in, uh, brought up, because she knew to her, she saved the life. She of saved her. it. She saved his life. life. So the Most High went take him out. Yeah. So like, you know, beautiful thing. You, you know, class. Uh, Sean and I are we we we're 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 interested and concerned that that you women and young men understand the dynamics of a re, of a Hebraic relationship mm -hmm. and that you understand the dynamics of entering into a marriage contract because in this westernized these westernized states that we're living in uh even if you're in a state that that has common law marriage there are still there are still things that you need to understand and know and not at the last minute absolutely 100% you know go and, into it with your eyes open yeah, get yeah, all the yeah, data yeah 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 and um you know once again i'm going to say to you that um whom the Most High has joined together. Yeah, let, let no man. Let no man put us under, even yourself. Mm -hmm. And you got to understand the, the severity yeah. of making vows between each other. Yes. Because you got to fulfill it. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I, 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 I believe this wholeheartedly. That if a Hebrew man and a Hebrew woman marry outside of the confines of that understanding, mm -hmm. you're going to have problems down the road. Guarantee. You're going to have problems down the road. Guarantee. You know, because somebody's going to be trying to enforce the misvotes and somebody's going to be breaking the misvotes. And when that happens, uh, that marriage is going to dissolve, which I'm going to come back and say again, just because you made vows before somebody does not mean that the Most High was party to it. That's right. That's right. And if the Most High is not mm. party to it, then that marriage has little opportunity of survival. Agreed. Even, even, you know, even outside the parameters of Torah. I mean, people get married and and live and live together and never and never separated. You mm -hmm. know, they love each other and and they say, well, you say, well, was the Most High a part of that? Probably, mm -hmm. because he's not the Most High is not is not a um, what is I'm trying to look. He's not. Um, he says these words. There's one law for you, Israel, mm. and for the foreigner that Living. resides with you. Yep. There's one law, mm -hmm. and we all abide by that one law. Beautiful. So Sean and I are just trying to uh, help us, and I hope that tonight has um, added to what we did last week, which is, which is on the um, audio side of our podcast and not in the, vid the video side, but... Um, um, I hope that we're providing you with some understanding of how to enter into these relationships and what what the Most High is expecting mm. of us as Hebrews mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to say, as I sign off tonight, 
by all means, if you're going to enter into a relationship with with each other, make sure make sure that that relationship is built upon a solid foundation of understanding the difference between I love you and the idea of being in love. Because if you're in love with each other, then the egregiousness that may happen uh, can be resolved. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, um, you know, I I hear Gladys Knight saying, you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather live in your world than to, than to live in mine without you, you know. I like that song. It's a good song. You know, it's a good song. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, we're going to sign off tonight. This has been Rabbi Robert Buhoman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews, Hebrews in, in Exile. exile. Shalom. Shalom.